Welcome to Amajin's podcast, the podcast that brings you thought-provoking discussions and captivating stories from around the world. I'm your host, Captain P, with my fellow co-hosts, Tina and Joe. On this show, we explore a wide range of topics, from technology and sport to art, culture, and everything in between. Our goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire you, our amazing listeners. So whether you're driving, working out, or just relaxing at home, grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's dive into the captivating world of Amajin's podcast. Always make sure to subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on our Facebook page at Amajin's Podcast for the latest updates, also on our YouTube channel at Amajin's Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Amagents. How are you, gentlemen? Good to see you, Tina's Joe. How's everything going? Everything is good, brother. How are you? Good, good, bro. How are you? Good to hear your voices again. Episode three, hey? We've made it to another episode. Episode three. Episode number three. Imagine that. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we're going strong and stronger. Episode three. We want to welcome our valuable listeners our amazing listeners also a pleasure to welcome all our listeners from around the world all the way from us uk locally here in australia some of our listeners in zimbabwe some of our listeners in nigeria we just want to welcome all our valuable and amazing listeners to another episode of Amagen's podcast so three weeks into it you know how we roll we talk about current affairs we'll pick up a few things which has happened in the world of news sports before we go into our main topic again tonight is going to be another amazing discussion with these gentlemen uh, so let's get into it messy another messy masterclass on the weekend eh <laughs> if you saw that free kick oof, it was a oh, damn teach of he's on kick. fire brother he's on fire i mean if you ask me uh, i think he's sort of regenerating another peak in his life because uh, everything seems to be happening for him in in, in the states. So no, he uh, looks fantastic. He looks comfortable. He's enjoying himself. You know, he doesn't have any pressure. He's just playing. Everything is just so natural to him. The assists, the goals. Man, that free kick was peach of a free kick. Yeah. ESPN, they're saying that he's making Inter Miami a lethal weapon. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> he's definitely. And look, we even came up with that article which we shared in our group in our pre-production meeting as well about apple tv subscriptions you know wow. it yeah. beaten its subscriber target months ending the first of july and even the ceo tim cook he attributed some of that success in an uptick in the interest after messi signed for inter miami because of the deal inter miami has with apple tv so again yeah. and he's benefiting a lot of companies we see tim cook talking about you <laughs> oh apple. definitely come on and it's, and it's not just apple we're talking about adidas we're talking about what's the third company that is also benefiting from 
from him joining or getting into the American market. I mean, the merchandise spiked over 50% of jersey yeah. sales, you know. And then, then I was reading an article that I was saying that was the best jersey uh, sales of any player changing teams across all sports. So he even surpasses people like LeBron, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's big. That's, big, that's quite big. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, he's quite a media sensation. He no. was, yeah, he is for the American market. He's a media sensation. When you hear, so when you watch the highlights, you hear the commentators, they are almost out of breath screaming. <laughs> so no, he's he's done well. Talking about Messi, let's talk about his former colleague Neymar. Apparently, Neymar wants to go back to Barcelona. Would you say PSG was a failed project with all their targeting bringing Neymar? They put Messi, Mbappe. Mbappe is not happy. So would we say the PSG project has failed for the Qataris? I personally think it was a failure because they had all they had the best players in the world. Um, in that team, like maybe three or four of the best players in the, the top five in the world at some point, but they failed to to to, to turn that into silverware, which mm -hmm. I think was the, was the goal. But yeah, for some reason, I think maybe they put too much emphasis on the importance of the players rather than them actually producing result, because you know we hear stories of of, of what Mbappe became there. You know, he, he chooses who does what in the dressing room and, and what of you. And that's nonsense. You can't give a player too much rain, regardless of how good they are. You can't give them too much rain. So I think that they fell victim to that. They allowed other players to get bigger than the, 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 the team. Yeah, I think most of the players got bigger than the club. And, you know, yeah. look at, you know, it's hard for a coach to manage all those egos you've got Mbappe you've got Messi who was previously there at PSG before he went to Inter Miami you've got Neymar they're all very you know high egos you know you know high self-value so it's pretty hard to manage for any coach I think they've gone through Angelotti Pochettino the other one Gautier who left so yeah, yeah it's a hard it's a hard project Joe what are your so, thoughts so is it now definite that he is not going back to Baka so it says Neymar asks to leave PSG. So this is from Sky Sports News yeah. article. It says Neymar asks to leave PSG. He wants to return to Barcelona. Yeah. So we'll see how we go. It's one of the breaking news in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Neymar wants to go back. Because uh, there are some uh, smaller you know, media channels like uh, Baca Granes. They were saying that Xavi said, no, 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 no. He would not accept uh, you know, Neymar back. Yeah, Xavi's uh, got a different way of playing. I don't know yeah. if Neymar will suit Xavi's uh, style of play with the high-pressing, high-octane type of football. So we see how we go. It's a developing new story, which has happened in the last 24 hours of us, before us recording this weekly podcast. So we'll watch this space. Maybe we'll have an update for next week. And of course, this week, starting, I believe, Friday night, the Premier League recommences, man. My weekends are better now. Man, these three months were so tough. Oh my, I had to watch, you know, other sports and, you know, now the Premier League is back. Quick predictions. We'll go around the table. Who are you predicting as the top four? I know we'll all put our teams in the top four. I'll go for Manchester City, bro. So you're Manchester Liverpool, but Man City is going to <laughs> just smoke everyone. Look, my top four is 
look, it's very disappointing me for to, to say this. Man City will win a fourth straight because I think that's the next target. They've won the treble. They want to be the first English team to win four in a row. Um, they've got that fire in them. Uh, I saw the <laughs> the crazy <laughs> Arsenal, Esna supporters <laughs> posting because they won the charity shield. Imagine they were posting. <laughs> I woke up and saw all those statuses. Arsenal, Arsenal, again, Arsenal. Anyway, let's forget about that team. So my prediction is Man City number one, <laughs> Man United number two. I've got Liverpool at number three. Arsenal, because of the way they crumbled last year, I think they'll be number four. Unfortunately, Tina's Chelsea is not in the top four. I don't believe they'll be capable to make the top four this year. And Pochettino, maybe we'll give him a, a year or so. What are your predictions? Yeah, looking at Chelsea, I think there's still a few things that need to be done. They are showing some elements of spark. You know, a few players here and there showing us what they can do. Gives confidence, but not full confidence. I think uh, you're right. Chelsea is looking at five, six spots. Anything better than that is is a positive. I think Arsenal have has a chance. They've got a few players that they've brought in. Uh, you know, and I think if they can manage to do what they did but, last but, season. But they have their brought in winners. Would you say Declan Rice is a winner? At Arsenal, not 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 particularly, not particularly. Million. But what that could do is just the, the 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 confidence of the players, knowing that we have these guys, these players. They they took a few players from from City, you know. So I think that's that confidence of the squad coming from last season, it can easily be transferable to the next season. Uh, City definitely still is a, a leading contender, definitely. Uh, Man U, yes, is playing good football. So I would argue Man City, Man U, Arsenal, um, Liverpool hasn't really shown me a spark. I haven't really seen a lot from them. The team is not looking very, very confident. They've now, Salah is now. They've changed the whole midfield, basically. So yeah, uh, we'll see how we go with that midfield change in Liverpool. But look, it's going to be an interesting season, man. Man City have got a chip on their shoulder. They want to be the first team, as I said. Pep wants to be first coach to win four in a row. Alex Ferguson done it a couple of times with Man U. So, you know, now as Man U supporters, we we used to brag we're the only English team with the treble. Now we are holding on to the, <laughs> we are one of the teams with the three-peats. If Man City does that, then poof, they're no longer noisy neighbors. They're now the <laughs> the dominant house. There, there, there are a lot of things that Man United was bragging about that beginning to all crumble. Yeah. Man. So after 10 years of not even being there, and it's been 10 years, yeah, 2023. So we last won the championship in 2013. 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, man, you know, a 10-year-old kid is, they know a lot of things, man. That's how long last one <laughs> Premier League, man. But it might be our season. It might be our season this year. You know, Let's to all our listeners, Facebook, Twitter, let us know. What's your top four predictions? You know, we've all said Man City, even though it was hard for us, some of us to say that, but we have to be honest. You know, Man City are the leading favorites with the goal machine, Erling Haaland. I I saw on Twitter a lot of people happy that he hasn't scored all preseason, but, you know, once the Premier League starts, I think he's that type of player who just flicks a switch and... (laughs) What other teams do you think could also, you know, just be worth mentioning? A dark horse, I think, is Aston Villa. Unai Emery is a good coach, and the players they've signed, the players they've got, 
Have they signed any good ones uh, recently? Uh, I believe they signed Musa Diaby from uh, the Bundesliga. He's a good winger. Um, and of course, they've still got the, the backbone of what they've had last season when they finished in the top six. Newcastle, of course, they've signed uh, Tonali from AC Milan. And they've got uh, Gumeresh. But I think the issue is their coach, Eddie Howe. I don't think he can manage the pressure of Champions League Wednesday, Premier League on Saturday. It takes a special coach to do that. So I think Newcastle, he might be one of the first coaches to lose his job. Yeah, I think with the amount of money they're willing to to spend, I think they, they need somebody who knows how to spend money, especially coming from, you know, the, the quality of the team that was there before. If they told they want to discover, you know, Champions League football, then they really need to up the game. Because obviously with that amount of money that they're bringing or that they the owners have, they definitely would want a big return. All right, crazy prediction. This is a crazy prediction. If Newcastle loses the first three games, yeah, I'm telling you, the special one, Jose Mourinho, will be back in the Premier League. You think so? He will go to Newcastle. Why? It's a project with money. Uh-huh. He's already in the Champions League, yeah, right? And he, based on his history, they will call him a cup specialist. Yeah. He will come back for the Newcastle project. If Eddie Howe does not win the first three games or Newcastle starts to waver, the first five games, I'm oh, telling you, he will lose his job. It's not a hot take. It's a, it's my prediction. Yeah. Mourinho will be back in the Premier League with Newcastle. Okay, okay. That's that bold. Yeah. I almost wanted to bet you on that. <laughs> Let's bet a bottle of single malt whiskey, man. Oh, man. You know, that'll be a good, good whiskey bet, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite interesting, though. Do you think Mourinho still, still has it? Considering what he's done in uh, what he's done for Roma, yeah, but you remember that football is all about being box office, and for Newcastle, yeah, that'll be box office. And Mourinho's first mentor was Bobby Robson, yeah, who used to coach Newcastle. So that'll be the story. You'll be oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm bringing back Bobby Robson's passion, Bobby Robson's energy to you. Yeah. So yes. Eddie Howe, he's under pressure. I'm telling you, Mourinho. We'll be back in the Premier League this season. That's my sneaky feeling. No, no other team will take Mourinho now. No Man City, Man U, Liverpool, they won't take him. Because no, no. Highly volatile. Castle is a new project. It needs media coverage. It doesn't need it because they're, they're wealthy. The PIF fund. Yeah, the ones back in Newcastle. The South. But they need the excitement though. They need somebody the excitement. They need that, that storyline, you know. And um, watch this space. Eddie Howe, or no, can... As a man, I would never want another man to lose their job or anything. But that's the way of life. It's football. It's a prediction. Yeah. But Mourinho might be back in the Premier League. All right. Oh. Definitely oh. watch out. <laughs> yeah, first three matches, guys. That's what he's saying. First three matches. The man is under fire. Maybe I'm a Jens podcast. We'll be tweeting that, putting pressure on Eddie Howe to bring Mourinho back. You never know. Eh? With all our, <laughs> our lovely followers who are now following us. Thank you so yeah. much for the likes and the follows on Facebook. Episode two was a blast. It brought us a lot of traction and we hope we continue to get more listeners, more followers, more subscribers. Again, on our Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, or Amagen's podcast. Right. right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the president of Burkina Faso, Africa's youngest president. 
All right, I'll leave that to Joe. I see Joe smiling. He wanted to talk about that topic, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, Burkina Faso president, yeah. Ibrahim Traore. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's quite fascinating for me because I've, I've, I've been a, you know, a fanatic for his, uh, you know, a mentor in terms of uh, he wanting the legacy to continue. You you remember that guy Thomas Sangara? Yep. Yeah. So Thomas Sangara he was one of the you know the presidents for Burkina Faso like in the eighties. I think it was eighty three where he 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 came into power after a coup. So he was a Marxist sort of, but a Pan Africanist, and uh, he he changed everything and tried to cut the ties with France. So. This young president, Ibrahim Traore, he, he wants to, you know, complete the legacy of uh, Sankara. And uh, we can see that because recently they've already started, you know, severing their ties with, with France because they want Africa to be independent of uh, the imperialism and the new colonialism, which uh, France has had a stronghold on uh, those uh, Western African countries. So Ibrahim Traore, yeah, interesting young fella. I see him, if uh, he sticks to his guns, he might bring success to Burkina Faso. What are your thoughts, Tina? Um, I don't know much about this guy, um, but, but uh, I just noted of of he seems to be quite a very well spoken guy i mean i i don't know if you guys have heard what is that 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 statement that he made about um about uh slave trade um, um when he was doing you mean the speech that was uh aired on rt yeah i think it was uh he said he said something like a slave a slave who cannot assume his own revolt does not deserve to be pitied. We do not feel sorry for ourselves. We do not ask anyone to feel sorry for us. And he called on all Africans to take up the fight against imperialism and poverty. So that alone, that stance for a man of that magnitude, it definitely says a lot about what he intends to do. And, and you know, the, the, of course, it won't go unchallenged, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it will be challenged because uh, once Africa becomes, you know, a, a independent and self-sustained, you will find that those uh, neo-colonialists they will lose the grip and the economic benefits that are coming to them will cease. And once that happens, it's an example for other African countries to, you know, to cut the ties with the uh, Western uh, imperialists which would be disastrous for, you know, for their economic well-being. Because, like, especially France, if all, you know, La Franque, La Franque African countries uh, decides to cut the ties, uh, France will be going into an economic meltdown. Very good. That's quite interesting you mentioned that because France has actually gone out and said, this is, I saw this online, they've actually gone out and, and threatened, I said, they will fight anyone that opposes for their fr the, 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 the French interests in any country. And to, to note, France, uh, Niger is, is the biggest 
supply of of of, of uranium to, to France. I think they, they supply about fifteen percent of uranium to 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 to, to France and, and France having this this you know this war of words with Russia and them, they've actually cut most of their energy requests from from that side of the world and have concentrated more on getting the uranium that they need to 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 to, to fire their 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 energy yeah and uh, also gold they're also a large export of gold to france so the president actually went out and said listen guys we ain't playing with you if you want to play with us we will we'll strap up we'll strap up so but i don't know when it comes to his age at 35 do, do you guys think he's got the experience and the guts to to stand against these western imperialists look the moment I just want to come back to Sankara and uh, uh, President Ibrahim Traore. The moment you said that <laughs> they are scholars of Karl Marx, <laughs> there you've lost me already. How can people look? Yes, I believe in pan Africanism, you know, Africa yes. to be self reliant. But however, the Marxist ideology, I would never yes. agree to it. I would never agree to communism, right? Yeah. It's mainly because of the propaganda that has been uh, spread uh, about Marxism. You find that those are just policies that uh, can be developed and they can become hybrid. Like, for example, I'll give you the Sankara example. He was using the Marxist ideologies, but he modified them using the uh, land, uh, you know, land reform to actually bring self-sustenance to Burkina Faso, you find that what he was doing, it's not like he was fighting capitalism like, you know, the origins of Marxism. He was trying to develop Burkina Faso to become self-sustained. And because of his background in agriculture, he used that to for them to grow their own crop, to grow their own cotton, to do their own, to make their own clothes from the cotton that they grow within Burkina Faso and uh, to feed their nation using their agricultural you know, expertise and to remove the dependency from uh, the Western countries. So in saying that, he wanted the employers and the employees, the businessmen and the consumers to be equal. But not to forego their profits, which is some of what the propaganda is talking about, Marxism, to say that it's more of a socialism where, you know, eh, we do away with capitalism. Businesses, they were still profiting during Sankara. But eh, Burkina yeah, that, Faso that, 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 that I agree. That I agree. That yes, to a certain point, Sankara's businesses were profiting. However, because of the main ideology which he had of Marxism, right? Yeah, yeah. It put Burkina Faso at that point in time onto a different pathway, which is never fully recovered. No, 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 no. Now, that's where the issue was now, because the effect that Marxism is mentioned, the whole brush of uh, Marxism uh, has been painted on Burkina Faso. But during that period, Burkina Faso was... Of flourishing and once uh, that's when Sankara died yeah, I think it was uh, was it in 87? 1987 yeah. yeah in 87 when he died 
uh, France was quick to revoke his policies because they were no longer benefiting. And that's why you find that the propaganda, the more you talk about it, you realize that uh, we've been conditioned to hurt ourselves, you see, and like the Western way of things. At the end of the day, we look at ourselves as illiterate and not being able to be self-sustained, to fight each other. But it's not us. It's the propaganda of the imperialism. They have colonized, you know, economically and, you know, socially. You find that socially in the sense that they, they control all the media, the information and everything, the education. And we, we tend to hate ourselves because of that. So when the revolutionists come with the Marxist form of ideas, they are trying to remove that brainwash. I'm really, I'm really passionate. You can tell. <laughs> I, can tell you. I loved Sangara, bro. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. There's a lot of passion there. The form of Sangara's ideologies, as you alluded, where business employers and employees working together. Yes. However, when Marxism has been taken through by other leaders, it has crushed business. And business is the lifeblood, small business of any economy. Yes, that's true. Even in capitalistic countries, you find that, like, for example, uh, some capitalist countries, the businesses, they become more profiteering and they suppress the rest of the, you know, the employees, their workers or whatever. And development that comes back to, to the public services is insignificant. And you wow. find that it, there is poverty in those capitalist countries, you know. And it doesn't mean that when we say capitalism, capitalism is not bad, but people take advantages of the loopholes and the, you know, the weaknesses that uh, capitalism brings to the society where people want to profiteer out of, uh, you know, the sweat of others, of which that's business. But at the end of the day, we can make a hybrid system where capitalism and Marxism ideologies, they can live together to bring prosperity within a society. It, that one we can accept as long as we can bring both of them to be a hybrid society. Like some of the societies where we live, where you've got social housing, you've yes. got, you know, Medicare for all, where you can go to the hospital, you don't have to pay cash, you don't have to, if you want, if you want to go for private health, where you want more private hospital, then you can get your private health insurance. We all agree to that, right? We're not saying that all of Karl Marx's ideologies were bad, yes. right? However, the way they've been implemented, majority of the cases, yeah. right? You may they've call it propaganda. by people with their interests. Fantastic. Yeah. But look, as I said, we wish him all the best. President Ibrahim Traore, it's good to have a young man in his 30s as a president. It inspires some of us. <laughs> but what do you, well, just quickly before you go, what do you think about, uh, is that him who was, who has uh, this interest with Russia? He signed a contract with, was that him or was it uh, with the Wagner group from? No, that's the Niger one, where the, the Niger the president. They want help from the Wagner group to fight off the ECOWAS. Now, even Traore, I'm reading here, uh, 
So I think remember Traore was suspected to having a connection with the Russian mercenary organization Wagner Group due to having expressed anti-French and pro-Russian views. As Traore entered Wagadugu, the national the nation's capital, supporters cheered waving some Russian flags. So I think uh, definitely his line of thinking is definitely trying to sway the country away from you know the the French grasp to a more Russian, you know, in influence. I think maybe they, I think, I don't know if uh, they're trying to bring them into a BRICS sort of setup or to be part of BRICS, but definitely Russia seems to, to have taken a very huge interest in African countries. Particularly that belt, because if you remember last week when we spoke, we said Mali and Burkina Faso, yeah. two presidents, and they are suspended from ECOWAS at the yes. moment to say, you know, don't do anything to this new Niger government through the coup. And, um, and again, when we spoke last week, we spoke about the increase of Russia's influence in the region. Yeah, so as I said, it's an interesting topic. Let's continue to watch, you know, President uh, Traore. Uh, again, he was in Russia recently. That's where he made that uh, very impassioned speech, which is trending on social media. So let us know your thoughts about Africa's youngest president. Is it good for Africa? Is it good for the younger generation? Is it inspiring? Let us know. Leave your comments on Facebook. Send us your emails through our message uh, platform on Facebook. Again, I'm a Jens Podcast. All right, gentlemen, are we ready? <laughs> I can see Tina's and Joseph speed up as usual. I know you like these are the topics you like, isn't it? Where we are going to now. <laughs> all right. So, listener mail, right? Which made us decide to go for this topic. We we're trying to go in a different direction for episode three, but we got a listener mail and they asked us, would love for you to have a discussion about open marriages and open relationships. This was a follow-up to what they heard about, you know, falling in love with a sex worker. And they said, oh, oh. love the episode. And they said, they want to talk about open relationships. So I don't know if uh, this listener of ours is in an open relationship because they're in love with <laughs> a sex worker. We don't know that. We don't judge. But we appreciate the listener mail and we appreciate the topic. So the gentlemen, the boys here, they've taken a bit of time to research open relationship, right? So... Um, according to intimacydoc.com, this is a psychologist. <laughs> this is a psychologist. I will get uh, the psychologist's name. Um, it's uh, Dr. Michelle, where she, sorry, Dr. Catalina Lawson, who is a clinical psychologist, explains what open relationships are. Then I'll open the floor to the gentleman to give their feedback, to give their opinion. Today, it's a very opinionated <laughs> discussion. <laughs> so much passion when we're in the pre-recording meeting. <laughs> so an open relationship is a type of consensual, non-monogamous relationship where both partners agree to have romantic or sexual connection with other people outside of their primary relationship. The key element is, uh, is open communication and mutual consent. Among all parties, each open relationship can have its own rules and boundaries, which are defined and agreed upon by individuals involved. It requires honesty, trust, and open communication to maintain the relationship successfully. 
<laughs> I can see you gentlemen shaking your heads saying, what is this? We don't understand what you're going on about here. Tina, what are your thoughts? Open relationships. Would you approve? Yes or no? Well, <laughs> well let's start with uh, perhaps maybe breaking down what sort of open relationships are there. Um, I was, as I was going through my research, my, my little bit of research, I realized this, there's, there's polygyny with which one man has many wives. I think we're all versed with this one. Our, our grandfathers and great-grandfathers used to have many women. They were in a polygamous relationships. And then there's what they call polyandry. This is what they call a woman uh, who is married or has a lot of um, men as, as, as hers. Not a lot of cultures have this one, but I, I know there are people in, I think uh, it's, it's, it's Nepal, that this is quite popular, uh, customary. Uh, and then there's what we call polyamory, where it's non-monogamous. Uh, you can have many partners. So you could do your own thing. I could do my own thing. As long as you agree. <laughs> we have reached a sort of consensus that uh, perhaps maybe if you if, if if you're the husband, you decide that you decide who actually would be the best partner for your wife to to be with, depending obviously on 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 the size of the goods. Because obviously <laughs> because obviously you, you don't want a situation where end up being the one who's competing. Yeah, but you remember in, in the article I was referencing and as well in women's health, some couples may choose to give each other the option to veto to veto <laughs> certain partners or relationships if one if it makes one of them uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that man can decide, you know, with an agreement or a partner can decide, you know, <laughs> to cancel that other relationship or make them stop because they're not comfortable. It but how do they know if you know the other partner is uh, in sexual relationship well endowed? Yeah, because that's the honesty. So in open relationship, there's that honesty. You have to explain that you know I met this ex guy or ex you know lady. And, you know, they've got the perfect body, they've got this, they've got that, you know. And then if you're not comfortable with that, you can veto it. <laughs> so once that happens now, there is risk of the other partner to go behind the back. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the risk. Because, because they would want to experience that, you know, good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right, coming back to me personally. Yep. I wouldn't approve that. Because there is a lot of crazy logistics that comes with that. Like, for example, how would you prioritize who gets the, you know, the, 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 the feed first? Yeah. So or, or, or who does it first? Or yes. both of you, both of you have to do it at the same time. So it's I think not, one of the things which talks about, enough. one thing which talks about the open relationship is that you can set agreements that, you know, if someone goes away for a business trip, they are allowed yes. to sleep with someone else. This is in the research, again, which we've done, based on the six rules for doing the whole open relationship uh, thing perfectly. This is the article by <laughs> Women's Health from 2018. 
<laughs> so again, you've got those rules and boundaries to say on your work trips, you know, Joe, you know, you're allowed on your work trips, you can blow off some steam, you know, find a nice. <laughs> but let's 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 be frank. Is it is it practical? Does it really work? To some, it's working. It's a very successful uh, mode because it keeps things fresh and interesting for their relationship. There's a, there's a gentleman, guys. There's a gentleman called uh, Neil Wilkie. That's W I L K I E. He was addressing the question: What percentage of marriage couples are in, in open relationships? Coming to what you're saying, Joe. So he says it is said that one percent of couples in open marriages. 20% of those couples have experimented with consensual non-monogamy. Open marriages have a 92% failure rate. Yes. 80% of people in open marriages experience jealousy. I think jealousy is always going to be the biggest threat, if I may, to, to, to that sort of arrangement. Because when you, the moment you say open, it means your your wife can actually come uh, can actually quest your friend and say i want to sleep I with think, this one i think that's where uh, captain p was talking about having rules and parameters but it's no longer open then it, no it, it, it is, is open, open because you said you've, you've set boundaries to say this is how far we go in our open relationship. We are allowed to as i was as i'm alluding with that example of a business trip or a work trip you know, it's out of state. Maybe you've gone interstate. You're allowed to do that. And you just yeah. verify the information to say, yep, I've got my hookup now. And you're going to so when it comes to STIs and what then becomes, are you guys going to consistently start text, testing each other? Because obviously with marriage, there's always that um, freedom or that comfort of knowing that, of at least thinking that my partner is not doing anything, so I'm okay. So what then happens with uh, that sort of situation? You, you always have to have tests then. Yeah, so that's where they say that uh, it requires high level of communication and transparency, where you find that you have to be communicating to say, let's use protection at all times if we are... <laughs> A gentleman, gentleman. <laughs> Let's be real, gentlemen. <laughs> I think we all know what what can happen, what can transpire. To a point where I say it's not practical. Want <laughs> <You know? laughs> to you know the statistics that you were talking to. There is another, you know, a family law group. Uh, it's called uh, Schoenberg. Mm -hmm. uh, they they did some surveys. And uh, they, you know, the statistics comes to almost the same as you were talking about. There's mm -hmm. 1.9 to 9% of total marriages are open marriages, right? Mm -hmm. While some studies show that 92%, which is exactly too similar to what you just said, open marriages end in divorce. Exactly. And also 70% of the open marriages are some they report to have better than average relationship, but they still end in divorce, mm -hmm. right? And uh, in another survey, they said 67% of female participants said they would leave a spouse who requested an open relationship. However, on flip side, 
46% of men uh, said they would still, you know, uh, agree to the arrangement. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so you find that m- most of the people who are actually requesting open marriages that are actually happening are women. And mostly when men request that, it doesn't happen. The woman leaves. I, th- I think I think traditionally women have always felt that uh they've always had the you know the the rough side of the, the equation always because men could do as much as they could, especially coming from a from a traditional culture where women were supposed to be humble, stay-at-home moms and things like this. So I think now that they they're beginning to explore more the new world where they, they're allowed to do a lot more things. They they see the need to want to, you know, experiment experiment more. But obviously with experimenting more comes the responsibilities of, of actually, you know, having that same thing happen to you. And a lot of them will not agree. Yeah. So now you find that there is a difference between men and women when it comes to that. Because <laughs> As a woman, if you go into having multiple partners, there is risk now of paternity issues. Exactly. But for a man, the risk is less because you don't carry any pregnancy. Yes. Because if you have a pregnant, if you have pregnancy with an outside partner in an open marriage, who is gonna look after that kid? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who's gonna take? The- well- of giving that kid a son. Yeah. Is it is it me or the outside partner? That's where the dilemma comes in. Because we said using protection is is a fallacy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. when you look at it, man, if you go out, we could agree that you can go out and do whatever you do, but then if you come back with a child, I'm not going to stay. Yeah, but now, are they ready for that responsibility now? Yeah, well, that's what I guess. That's why we see in the world we now have a lot more single moms. We have a lot more, you know. So I've got two articles to support what Joe was saying. In terms that there's an article in the Atlantic in 2019 which says women more than men tend to feel stifled by long-term exclusivity, despite having been taught that they were designed for it. Right? A psychiatrist, Andrew Gotsis, hope I pronounce. Uh, correctly, with extensive psychotherapy practice, has been street have been treating couples for several years that they have you know the sexual relations about three times a week, uh, and in his study, it's shown that women who've been in an exclusive relationship for the long term get bored easily, and that's why hence they request open relationships more than men. Another article. <laughs> this is from 2023. This is from yourtango.com. Um, six relationship experts reveal the harsh reasons women get bored with their husbands. <laughs> and point number three, <laughs> she this says the marriage lacks variety and new experiences, right? And that word new experiences takes us to the article which I shared in our group in the Daily Mail about the famous YouTuber. Adam 22. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy who rewarded his his partner <laughs> for getting nutted in by another man. Imagine. Bought a Lamborghini. 
me, I think it's an insanity. But that's a, that's a form of openness, open relationship, isn't it? Yeah, like I told you. Which is benefiting. She got a $400,000 Lamborghini. This is according to the Daily Mail, again in July 2023. Look, I, th- I think some of it is just... Uh, Insanity, like Joe is saying, it's just crazy. It's 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 absurdity at its at its highest. Uh, okay, after having done that, okay, let's say you're okay with have her having done that. But what's what's up with the Lambo? Because she enjoyed, she enjoyed her new experience. It's the same. It's, um, it's, a, way, it's a way of signaling to the world that he's fine with that. Well, there's nothing to prove to us, though. There's nothing to prove to us. <laughs> oh my goodness me you know the research because when i was sent this article i wanted to research it a bit further <laughs> wow and uh this lady lena the plug that's her name if you follow us yeah. find on social media lena the plug oh. based on the snippets and the highlights of the detailed research we conducted she clearly <laughs> enjoyed this new experience and uh, of course the man in in the scene of course he's well known in that other world uh you know jason love that's his name of the <laughs> person <laughs> who she hooked up with and yeah you know we'll pin the article on our facebook page for people to have a read but again you know famous people famous youtuber what a popular podcasting cool good on him over four million subscribers he let his wife go in an open relationship like that uh, if I was Adam 22, I would be admitted in a psych unit. <laughs> After that, no, no, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. What I don't understand is why would you, you, he clearly has money. He can clearly go for any woman that he wants. Uh, why would you put yourself through that and, and then go ahead and, and, you know, Purchase a four hundred thousand dollar car for a woman. Like, I don't get it. Like uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Perhaps it makes sense in the in the Western world, but from where we come from, it definitely does not make sense. Yeah. Look. You look. So these are the forms of open relationship. They've got that trust. They've got that openness about it, and they felt happy about it. This is an example. This is a live example of a clear open relationship. We know on on their podcast they invite other female porn stars, and after that podcast they have intimate relationships with them. So it's part of their marriage. It's an open marriage. This is only the first time where she's going to do do it as a solo with someone else. Oh, okay. So so oh 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 oh. So so this is something that that's that's been happening. Yeah. So they yeah, they, they, even, they even invited uh, that uh, guy. What's his name? Uh, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. <laughs> what? Did oh, he say? Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Tate was invited. Top G. He was invited by Adam Twenty uh, <laughs> Two to come and uh, sleep with the partner. So it's something which is in their marriage. They seem yeah, happy yeah. about it. But I think he look. Was look. Like, can we? Can we? Can we say this is a business relationship? Like that is just. Uh, gunnering for views and likes are they like you think it's a it's a it's a proper marriage that they actually intend on you know having a family living a normal life in quotes so you're saying adam 22 is a pimp in a sense mate his wife in a sense i'd want to think so because there's no reason why he would buy a four hundred thousand dollar car after she's just been manhandled by some dude 
<laughs> she was clearly man handled bro she was yeah from the snippets in the research for jack for this because i was intrigued to say why is this thing trending on social media yeah Ooh. man handled is saying it very politely <laughs> <laughs> my word i don't know man i don't know I love these episodes <laughs> We thank this listener for setting this marriage open relationships. So, look in your marriages, would you agree to an uh, open relationship? Would you agree? Nah, I'm I'm walking, bro. I'm sorry, I'm walking. I'm but what walking. if what if you really love your wife and they say, "No, this will, no, bring, this will no. bring a spark in our marriage." Would love, you no, 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 no. That's that, that's the one time that I'll tell you, love is a four-letter word, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sticking around for that kind of nonsense. I think I think Tinas is right because you can actually step away even if you love someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it doesn't matter how much you love them, but for your own mental health, well-being, if it doesn't go down well with you, I think it would be best to just you know move on. It's okay to love them from afar. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> from an arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, look, we we've seen the stats there. Uh, both, you know genders are equal to that men want the open relationship because it's fetishes it's fantasies through watching you know pornography through having ideas which they have in their head women may be an issue that they want just that refresh that new experience as we said even herself this lady lena the plug says after seven years of a relationship sleeping with the same person this was just a revitalizing experience it just refreshed me that's what she was saying. <laughs> Looking at your faces, I think we need to share this video clip out the way you guys are just shaking your head. I haven't it's seen crazy, it. brother. It's crazy. <laughs> to all our valuable listeners, do would you agree your partner would walks to you one day? Love, I love you so much. I want to have an open relationship. Would you walk away? Would that seal the end of your marriage? Would that seal the end of your relationship? Or it's something which you'd want to experiment. Let us know on our Facebook. Send us a message. Send us an email. Contact us on uh, Twitter. On our Twitter platform, you can send us a direct message on Twitter about this topic. It's a follow-up from last week. It was a listener who sent us this question and said, look, guys, we want you next week to talk about an open relationship. It's something which they may be facing in their own home. It's maybe something you're facing in your own home. Let us know. How would you handle that? How would you handle that in your relationship? Tina's joke closing statements before we wrap up agents uh, no open relationships run away run away <laughs> for me if you've got the guts and uh, very strong you know the emotional uh, <laughs> intelligence <laughs> stay away because that thing will kill you uh, you know psychologically you will be will be destroyed just with the jealousy on its own. It doesn't benefit the man at all because, look, man, the reason why we we look for a woman is because we want somebody to settle, we want someone to settle with. So the moment you start having someone you want to settle with going outside to, to you know, have affairs with other people, have whatever relations with other people, then the problem now is you are the one who's going to face uh, being responsible for 
her needs, her up, uh, uplifting and, and, and all things. But then she's going out to have the most valuable thing about her. She's giving it away to somebody else. So I think... But it's the same with you, because once you're in that agreement, I know it was a closing statement, but we had to we had to fight. I'm <laughs> just countering it from a standpoint where people have agreed to it. Both of you have agreed. You are doing it on your end. She's doing it on your end. So, so what's the point of being married then? No, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> I definitely don't agree. But what's, she, what's the point she, of being in a marriage? Saying, she's saying that she feels revitalized. Okay, here's the thing though, Captain. She's got an anchor. And her anchor is the marriage. She knows she can do whatever she wants with anybody else, and but she's gonna come back to that guy who's same she can you, sleep. Same as you, you can go out and do whatever you want, and you can come back. Well, I'm speaking from my point of view right now, uh, and why, <laughs> and why I would not want it. <laughs> you see, because brother, there's a man out there, brother. Yeah, there's a man, man. They will play with her, brother. Mm-hmm. They will play with her they will, they will ways that you cannot play with her. My man, when she comes back home, she's a new girl. Mm-hmm. She's a new girl. <laughs> <To> the surface. <laughs> My man. <laughs> For many years, you were just touching the surface of the equator. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and rightfully, <laughs> and rightfully, like you're saying, there, there's also some women out there, rightfully, there are also some women out there who can, you know, really play with the tool. And brother, it's like they have the manual. Mm. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. But you see, it comes back to those stats, you know, two different. Exactly. You, brought your, you brought your evidence that they all end in divorce. Exactly. You that. So look, as I said, you know, each to their own. We are a very agnostic podcast. We never tell you what to do. We always ask the question, would you do that? Um, would you agree? Would you disagree? Let us know. On our Facebook page, Twitter, Amagents Podcast on YouTube. Leave your comments on YouTube. We want to hear your questions. Let us know. Joe, Tina's always a pleasure hanging with you. It's um, been great, guys. You know, time, our time is up for this week. But look, as we enter into next week, you know, it's close to the Zim elections. We'll touch on that next week on our next episode about the Zim elections as we enter the, the last few weeks there. But again, thank you for an awesome, awesome, awesome Amagens podcast. Again, to our, all our lovely listeners from around the world, continue to send your messages. Like, subscribe to all our social media platforms and have an awesome week. Thank you. Enjoy Amagens podcast. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.